Welcome back to the Relax My Dog podcast. My name is Claire. And my name's Leah. And we are from Relax My Dog, where we talk about all things dog. Now this week, we have got quite a fun one, actually. We are going to be debunking some of the most popular dog myths that we think a lot of people probably... Uh, believe but we're here to tell you that not all of them are true so we will get right in and i will start with this myth if a dog yawns it means that it wants to sleep now this is not actually something i actually really knew about but sometimes dog owners might notice that their dog yawns in situations that are not supposed to make them sleepy like during play or that when they're being petted um or at the vets or whatever um but this doesn't actually mean that a dog is bored or wants to sleep yawning for dogs is a way of dealing with anxiety and reducing stress so if you are in a situation um maybe at the dog park and there is a particularly sort of maybe not aggressive but a bit more boisterous dog that your dog's not used to um, um or the playing might get a little bit rough and your dog starts to yawn and um, it's not this isn't them being bored or tired it is them um, dealing with anxiety and reducing stress now, is this something that you've noticed with the in milo at all um, not really, no. Mallow yawns at all points in the day, but I think that's because he's a bit of an old dog now. So um, even if I'm on a walk, he will sort of yawn anyway. So um, no, not really. I've not really noticed it an awful lot with that, but it is quite interesting to know that it reduces stress and anxiety, which is pretty cool. It's kind of like, um, it's almost like self-healing really, isn't it? It's like if your dog is in a particular anxious or, or stressful situation, not maybe not something that's like, you know, hugely stressful, but something that might just be a little bit anxious or whatever, um, knowing that they can sort of self-soothe that way, it's kind of cool actually. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Now the next one is that dog's saliva has healing properties. Now, some people are actually so sure about this uh, that they actually intentionally let their dogs lick their cuts and other injuries on their bodies, but you should never let them do this. I think that's a bit crazy. I think yeah. um, obviously dogs have no way of keeping their mouths clean. They don't use toothpaste, they eat food off of the ground, they lick their own bodies. And a lot of the germs that you can get into your wounds um, along with the saliva. So I, I don't think you should be ever where they're doing this. I think I've actually seen videos online of dogs licking wounds and it really healing them, but maybe that's just something that coincides with something else. And they're like thinking that it's it's all of the dog's saliva where obviously this is not the fact. Um, it's not a good idea to let your dog uh, lick any sort of wounds because it can actually cause uh, different types of infections. That includes also letting your dogs lick their own wounds as well in order to help them heal faster. You can prevent licking by putting a special collar around the dog's neck. Mm. which you've all probably seen before and our dogs absolutely hate wearing them well it's uh the code of shame this is now yeah. known as because of uh because of up um yeah i've actually heard the that myth about letting dogs lick wounds um not only like their own wounds but yours as well and i'm like it's always kind of made me feel a bit icky like dogs yeah. mouths, like it's like people mouths like they're not hygienic in any way are they no. like, and because they're like hot and wet it's like ew let's Mm-hmm. And that's the reason like you brush your teeth and stuff is to get rid of all like the, well, the horribleness that's in there so yeah like super disinfectant lick doesn't really seem to make much sense to me <laughs> i know exactly okay, the next one is that the best food for dogs is raw meat now i actually um, did a lot of research into raw feeding recently um, mainly for cats actually for my cat vlog um i did the sort of basic knowledge of, of raw food diets and i have to say i have to admit like my knowledge on it was completely like non-existent i was so um so ignorant to what raw feeding was and i didn't know it wasn't just like 
I don't know, like, you know, you get like a steak and you just sort of cut it up and give it them. It's actually much more complicated. Um, it's actually quite fascinating, but it sounds like, um, I will get to the point, but <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of steps you have to take in order for it to be safe for you and your animal. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to like clean up right away and then you've got to make sure that it's in like things that can get cleaned really quickly, but you can't use bleach. And it's sort of like, wow, if you, if you do that, you know, hats off to you, but I'm, I'm far too lazy <laughs> to do anything mm-hmm. like that um some dog some dog owners believe that dogs ought to be fed with raw meat since their closest relatives the wolves eat meat in the what eat raw meat in the wild but they're not taking into account the fact the fact that during the thousands of years of living together with people dogs have adapted to completely different foods besides meat um Besides, meat doesn't contain enough nutrients and vitamins that dogs need and may contain parasites and pathogenic microorganisms. Now, I think that's if you're going to be going like basic, like chucking your dog uh, a steak, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, I think if you do feed your dog, your dog a, raw, a raw food diet, and I see loads of people that do it on like Instagram and stuff. Um, it's like, it's not just like a hunk of meat. It's like crushed up bone and it's supplements and it's organs and then it's like a bit of like fish or like you know, chicken legs and stuff it's also it's like varied but it may not be frozen it comes from like really reputable companies so they know what they're doing and it's like really strict guidelines to do it so even though this myth sort of is debunked that dogs um, shouldn't be having a raw food diet i think if you're going to do a raw food diet do it properly and not just sort of like like i said just, you know chuck ch- your dog a, a cut of chicken or a carcass or something because that is where yeah. all the parasites and the bacteria and stuff is going to be so yeah it's interesting i don't think my cat would like raw food that is just mm, she's a bit too fussy for that <laughs> yeah i think milo's a bit too fussy as well i think if it's given that i think he's still give it a good, good old go but mm. It's not something that I think you'd properly enjoy. Um, but you do see it when you go into like different shops and sort of thing. You have their food aisle and you also have like a raw, a raw biodic because they normally have the really fancy fridges. Um, yeah, there's um, a lot of markets. Yeah, like, uh, oh, where was I the other day? Oh, it was Dobby's. That's <laughs> not anyway. <laughs> um, high end. But Dobby's, uh, where I live, has got like a really, really big pet section. Like They've got like a massive koi pond and everything. Um, but they've got a whole section for raw food um, for dogs. Uh, not for cats, but for dogs. Um, and it's like so much there. It's like, what's that being in a butcher? <laughs> yeah. It kind of smells a bit. Like, I don't know, because, I mean, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I think even for me, the smell of meat isn't like the nicer thing, especially when it's going to be sort of doggy meat. So it's like, it's probably a lot of the stuff that humans wouldn't eat um, voluntarily anyway. So so the next myth is that fluffy dogs should be shaved in summer um, so they are not hot. So actually many dog owners shave their pets in the summer thinking it's the right way to save their pets from the heat. But in most cases, this actually isn't true. And this is usually because uh, dogs have something called an undercoat. So in winter, it becomes thicker and protects the dog from the cold. And in spring, when the dog loses their hair naturally, there's an undercoat so that the, the animal still feels comfortable. If you shave your dog's fur, the structure of the new fur is actually disruptive. It may curl and get entangled. And it's better to find a different way to prevent your dog from overheating. And as soon as it gets hotter outside, we usually get a brush to my, I mean, we brush them a lot anyway, but sort of in that time when we start to see his hair everywhere this is when the time that we know that we need to give it a good brush to get rid of any of the loose hair that really shouldn't be on his fur anymore and honestly you could make a new dog out of the amount of fur that we got off milo because it's just it's it's madness and so i wouldn't say to shave a dog but you do see i think a lot of the time groomers get very busy towards like the start of summertime because a lot of people will go and try and get this procedure done for the dog and get the get the hair cut but um, in most cases, it isn't the right thing to do because 
they'll naturally be able to um, keep themselves cool or cooler in the summer yeah. months. Yeah, I think we, we actually did a podcast uh, just as summer was sort of kicking off, didn't we? We did it about um, uh, grooming tips for dogs for summer. Um, so, and we did actually touch on um, sort of, you know, shaving and, and, and grooming your dog when the weather gets hot. So if you, anyone listening wants a bit more information on that, just I'll leave a, a link in the show notes to that, that episode. So, but yeah, I think shaving dogs, I mean, they're not meant to be shaved. Like they wouldn't get shaved in the wild, you know, <laughs> they, don't, they don't shed like the fully their fur do they like you know like some animals do so we shouldn't really be putting them through that because it's just going to damage the coat yeah exactly now the next one is that um i think this is kind of a, a newish one because um i've only really started seeing dog shoes recently ish so uh, the next one is dog shoes are merely fashion accessories um and i, I think dog shoes are adorable <laughs> they do look really cute i know it looks like it kind of looks a little bit weird, but they do look pretty cute when you get little funky ones. Yeah, they do. So dog shoes can actually actually be quite necessary in some cases. Um, just for example, I uh, follow a someone who is a um, has a service animal on TikTok, and he she puts little shoes on him, and that's because she lives like in like a really hot country. So when the time it gets really hot, it like covers his paws. Obviously, nature is supposed to take care of everything and make sure that dog isn't cold when it walks in the winter or any other weather. It's very unlikely that na- nature expected us to put things like tarmac and asphalt down um, to sort of, you know, cover roads and things and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, like how we put asphalt on roads that turn into real lava in hot weather. Besides, paws are of some house dog breeds are way more sensitive um, than the paws on other dogs. So um, other dogs who might sort of be a bit more lap doggy um, or, or if you live somewhere that it doesn't get very, very hot um, very often, putting um, dog shoes on your dog can actually help them. And when they go somewhere that they're not there, their paw pads aren't particularly used to being on because um, some dogs do have more sensitive paws than others. Um, so they do look cute, but they also have a uh, purpose as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they do not really I think you can even get like ones that almost like converse or something but they're yeah. probably more fashion fashion related <laughs> rather than sort of like the the proper doggy shoes that you can put on but it does make sense I think especially around sort of the some months when the tarmac is literally boiling hot you have to do the test don't you where you put mm-hmm. the back of your hand on the tarmac just to make sure that it's it's okay for your dog to walk on um, and in this instance that would be perfect to have the shoes because it means that your dog can go out or be less worried about the paws um, getting hurt or burnt on the on the floor yeah and I think um quite a few people have them that are like reflective so that if they take the dog out in the night time or they get they live somewhere that it gets dark really uh really quickly and really early um if they're like it's like extra um sort of visibility so if your dog is running around or it runs off and you know so a car would would see the paws and the dog hopefully um but yeah I've seen I've seen reflective ones I always thought they were really quite clever actually yeah Exactly. Okay, so the next one is that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Now, you can and you should teach your dog new tricks no matter what age they are. Obviously, this can take more time and patience with with older dogs. Um, And also dog experts think that a clicker is one of the most effective ways to teach older dogs. This is a device that clicks when you press a button. Uh, Professionals are uh, recommended using electric uh, collars and other ways to train dogs in a more aggressive way. I think that training an old dog is um is definitely the right way forward we still do it to this day we'll train milo a lot of the time with them um, when we go out for walks we started training him um if when we go past this gate near my house mm. and we say that we're going to walk to that gate and then we'll turn around and come back yeah. and when we talk when we walk to that gate i'll ask him to touch 
it and he'll come over and he'll put his paw on it and then he knows that he <laughs> so he's learned the word touch now so if we ask him to touch something he'll come over and put his paw on it so that's sort of like an old trick that we've learned him uh, we don't use anything like the clicker uh, we've never really used anything like that but I think Milo because of his breed um, he learns things really quickly anyway yeah. and then obviously things like the electrical corners we won't use anything like that no. um, with Milo because I think um, like they say it says professionals but even then I think are using any sort of aggressive uh, training I wouldn't recommend to you no I, I personally I think here at Relaxed Dog as well I think I don't think that's the kind of thing we would really recommend um personally um because I think that, that you can get the desired effect of training a dog with other with other um, ways like you know like clicker training or that kind of thing because I think going to extremes is I don't know it's like you should teach a dog something by using pain or um uh, you know any, anything negative because I think that mm -hmm. breeds like mistrust and so it can get your dog stressed so if you like really do want to train your dog to something say a police dog or something um I don't maybe sort of trying something that's a bit safer and a bit kinder as well <laughs> yeah yeah so I think, agree yeah, that's the thing, like, like you said, like teaching dogs as they get older, new, like new tricks and stuff. Um, I just think it's really important because we do it as, like, uh, as humans, you know, as we get older, um, we like to train your brain and like keep, keep yourself alert and that kind of thing. And even though you might get a bit older and your, your vision might go or your hearing might go, whatever, you know, there's still things you can do and just to keep yourself sort of switched on a bit. And it's sort of the same with a dog yeah. as well, I think. Exactly. Even like doing doing the tricks that you do with your, your dog as they get older as well is very important. I think as soon as your dog, when they're a puppy and they've learned the trick, you want to sort of show it off and make sure that you keep it fresh in the brain. But as they get older, you might start to do things less, like asking them to give them your paw for a treat or anything like that. Whereas with our dog, um, we tend to do it more just to keep him a little bit, like you say, switched on and make sure he's, yeah. he's alert all the time. Yeah, because if you don't like train, if you don't like keep your dog like active and stimulated they'll just get bored and then that's when like mm -hmm. that behavior like turns like happens and stuff and you know it's also nice to sort of teach your dog new things because it's quite bonding isn't it like it's like a bonding thing to do isn't it yeah definitely yeah is that Milo <laughs> can you hear him in the background <laughs> yeah no it's cute yeah of course he is <laughs> he's made a debut on the on the podcast <laughs> and the next one is if a dog is excited when the owner comes home it means that they love them very much so if your dog loses control when you come home, like runs in circles, jumps, whimpers, or even pees, I, I know a, my auntie's dog used to do that, it doesn't mean that it loves you more than a dog that greets its owner just by wagging its tail. It only means that the dog might not have been trained properly. There are loads of different ways to make a dog greet its owner in a calm manner. Um, and you can find all this kind of information like at the vets, or you can talk to behaviorists and, kind of, and that kind of thing, because I think i mean it's nice like a dog comes running up to you and starts barking and stuff but if they start doing things like peeing or destroying things and yeah scratching at doors and biting like trying to bite through doors and stuff i think that's definitely problem behavior isn't it <laughs> yeah exactly i think we love it when we come home and milo um goes absolutely crazy even if we just leave to maybe like take the bins out or nip down the road or whatever as soon as we come back it's like we've been gone for like months well, bless him. He gets so so excited. His tail, he does the proper bum wiggle, you know, where his tail oh, like yeah. all of his shapes. That's so bless sweet. Him. Okay, so the next myth is that all dogs love swimming. So if you lift a dog over a pool, it will start moving its paws. Uh, you've obviously probably seen videos like this. I tried to do this with Milo, but 
um, he's just such a big dog now that it just won't happen. But we can do it with our cat, and he he does it over like little bowls of water or little ramekins and things like that. So the uh-huh. rear is a little bit of a strange one. But um, it doesn't mean that all dogs are great swimmers from birth. Yes, most dogs do love swimming and do it with joy, but they are usually taught. Um, to do so but some dogs can't even stay above the water surface and this can actually also be dependent on the breed as well some dogs are known to be amazing dog um, dog swimmers and other ones not so much Uh, so the dogs that have a powerful chest and a heavy skull um, are not very good swimmers dogs like bulldogs uh, massive dachshunds and boxes for example whereas small dogs um, should be put into water in a more careful way uh, because they are more prone to hypothermia so there's just a lot of things that I think if you are wanting to go swim with your dog or take them somewhere where there's whether it's the beach or the pool just make sure you do not be researching to what is recommended with that dog breed whether they need like a little life jacket on or if like I say they need like a little coat or something like that just to say to protect um, them from drowning or from getting hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it is that yeah, it's a myth that people think that all dogs really love water, but it's really just not not as true as people think it is. Um, my old Labrador did. Um, she she'd swim in anything. Oh, she used to come back stinking sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I've gone for a walk before when it was Milo, and then um, my friend's dog Jess, and she literally if there was like a muddy puddle anywhere or like a big bit of water my friend was like do not let her see that water because she's going to run and jump <laughs> in it and then I can't have her back in my car when she's really really muddy whereas Milo he he's not really that fussed about water he'll step in it like puddles but I don't think I've never really been to a big body of water mm. apart from to um like the beach but even then I think because it's a gradual to go into the water I don't think I don't think I've ever seen Milo swim actually um, so I wouldn't know if he's a good swimmer or not well you know so you know it's like people like some people like swimming some people don't you know it's just not yeah. normal <laughs> okay the final one is a quite important one I think um and it might be a little bit divisive um this is one that I I am sort of inclined to to uh, to include because um when doing the socials um on the Facebook for Relax My Dog recently I came across a post where someone was asking about whether they were going to spay their female dog and oh my god the comments were so nasty <laughs> So, really? so the final myth I'm going to say is that you should let your female dog have puppies before you spay her. Uh, and like I said, it could be pretty divisive. And this topic I saw on Facebook, uh, honestly, people were getting really nasty, like calling people names and stuff. Like on both sides, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of hard to ignore actual facts. Like letting your female dog have puppies or even just go, go through one heat cycle makes no difference to her overall health at all. In fact, spaying her prior, prior to her first heat cycle will significantly reduce the likelihood of mammary cancer later in life. And that is an actual fact. Like if people come at me and say that's a, that's a myth, it's not. It's a genuine fact. You can Google it. Mm-hmm. Some argue that dogs may be missing something by not having litter. Um, however, dogs do not experience a sense of loss by not having offspring. It's just they're not that self-aware uh, like we are that they sort of experience a loss of something that they've never had it's just it's not in their makeup it's not in their in their um, in their brain so if you sort of put in uh, human emotions on a dog that way it's completely wrong <laughs> um or remember also dogs that go through heat are attracted to males up to two miles away so she might inadvertently get pregnant adding to the problem of, of pet overpopulation which is rife in like most countries especially like you know, america and here in the uk and um, you know they're just pets or no, not pets sorry like you know stray dogs and dogs in like shelters and stuff it's like if you can reduce that it's a good thing mm-hmm. exactly i agree 
yeah and, and it's the same with like quite a lot of it like pet like other cat pet, pets are like cats and stuff like they say you should let her have I mean I've heard that myth growing up that you know should let you should let them have a, a litter first and actually when you really look into it there's no significant health benefits at all to that no I mean I can't really see that there would be really because why would you put your dog through something when yeah. they don't like you say they don't they don't have the drive to do that no um at all no, so those are some uh, most common myths about dogs that we hopefully have debunked for you. Um, there is going to be a blog um, that accompanies this as well. So if you want to check that out. Um, I don't know if you've done a vlog on this. This might be one of the ones that's on our, one of our other channels. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm not, I don't think I've, um, I've not recorded this one. No, no, no but, um, but yeah, if there is a vlog on this, on any of our channels, I'll link it in the show notes below. So thanks for listening, guys. And Leah and I will uh, see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.